Welcome to the Real Talk with Real Fit Pros podcast, where fitness professionals learn to get what they're worth. With over 30 years of combined experience in the fitness industry, Jonathan Loudermilk and Mark the Fitness Ninja Zolmanoff share their expertise in helping fit pros work smarter, earn more, and design a business that they love. Learn about effective social media strategies, organic marketing, client acquisition and retention, and whatever other shenanigans John and Mark bring to the table. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode of Real Talk with Real Fit Pros. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Real Talk with Real Fit Pros. It's your favorite friendly neighborhood fitness ninja, Mark Zalmanoff here with another rousing edition of this show. And we have a super special guest today that is not in the fitness industry, but I have a feeling he's going to drop some bombs on y'all. He's got like a radio voice too, and you'll understand why. <laughs> you can't see it right now, but he's flexing. So hopefully the uh, the podcast clip will have him flexing and we will have that immortalized forever. Uh, so I'm excited about this one. Jonathan, my partner in crime, Mr. Jonathan Loudermilk, little, little getting over the weather now. He was under the weather. Now he's over the weather again. I have no idea what that cliche means, but people say it all the time. So how you doing, sir? So that's what that feels like. <laughs> Normally I say that to you. Now you're saying it to me, but I'm, I'm glad to be here. Super excited to dig in with our guest today. Um, he's going to drop some gold nuggets. And plus, he's just funny as fuck. And I enjoy his company. So we're going to have a good episode today. Excellent. So this, this young man, I will call him a young man. Uh, <laughs> he is one of our Apex brothers. He is a published author of the book, Podcast Suck, if you don't have one. Uh, host of Beyond the Story podcast. Host of the Grit Daily Startup podcast. So now you now you understand why he's got that radio voice like he was he was meant to be in this. He is following his calling. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Sebastian Rusk. How are you today, sir? Dude, if I was any better, my last name would be uh, Louder Milch. That's a mouthful <laughs> of a last name. It's, it's actually Louder Milk. CH makes a K in Germany. I'd just be like, my last name's L. Oh, I just. <laughs> People go, you prefer John or Jonathan? I'm like, whatever works best for you. I was named after a German exchange student, oddly enough. Really? I weighed, yeah, I weighed 12 pounds, and my mom wrote a column for the newspaper in the small town I lived in in Indiana, and it was called Name the Kid was the contest. And uh, there was a German exchange student in town at the time. His name was Sebastian, and I weighed 12 pounds, and she was like, that's it. Sebastian, big kid, big, big name. So, uh, you know, I'm 175 pounds soaking wet now, but... At birth, I was a linebacker. Did did your dad hate your mom for a little while? Or you <laughs> I think they've always hated each other. I they just that, <laughs> night, that, that night it just worked out. Oh, it's gonna be so fun. Uh so Sebastian, we told you we always start this thing off with story time. And and again, you're not you're not a gym dude, but I know you got some stories. So what do you have for us? Well, I was a gym dude. Once upon a time, pre-pandemic, a guy, by all my friends were there. I used to I used to go to Equinox. I don't know if you Texans know what yep. Equinox is, but uh, Equinox. those eucalyptus towels, they just, they're worth every penny of that 180 bucks a month. So um, I, I did love the gym once upon a time, pre-pandemic, because all my friends were there, my routine, the eucalyptus towels, the steam room. 
Um, and uh, met a lot of incredible people there. And then the pandemic hit, nobody went to a gym anymore. And then they're like, oh, you can come back with a mask. I was like, that sounds amazing. Let's go to a gym with a mask on. We did not doing that. So um, I quit working out, got a little fat. I think everybody did a little bit of that during the pandemic, except for you, Mark, working out eight days a week over there. But uh, you got tickets to these gun, <laughs> gun show. Uh, but I, then I, I forget what happened. I think it was post pandemic kind of blew over. Like, okay, time to go back. And I went back and it's kind of like going back to like an old job. Like it's just never going to be the same before or like an old girlfriend. It's just never going to be the same before. Terrible example. But anyway, uh, I went back and, uh, and I was like, yeah, I'm not feeling this. And then my, my buddy who's like, macho man like cuban you know i'm a manly man you know these guys here in miami was like dude the peloton is worth every single penny and i was like i'll pay whatever amount to see you in tights and um <laughs> so for him to say it i was like fuck i gotta get a peloton now so next thing i know i got the peloton showing up at the house and i put it right next to my bed not so that when i get out of bed i can just get on it and start pedaling it's that it just stares at me. And I refuse to let that thing become a clothes rack because I hear that's like the number one thing that could totally happen. Uh -huh. um, but uh, yeah, so that's my gym story. We were supposed to start with something funny. Um, I've, I now have something in common with women, speaking of, of the gym that I realized by going to the gym, um, and that is um, my boob sweat. <laughs> <laughs> and that that, you know, my, my buddy tells me not only do I have boobs, but I got back boobs. I didn't even know that was possible. But, um, you know, this is uh, th this is not body shaming. This is a moment of empowerment for me. So, um, yeah, that's that's my gym story. Um, I'm working on the boobs all while on the Peloton. I don't know if that works or not. I do like the dumbbells kind of pretending like it was the machine. I do that like 75 times during my ride and then a couple more upper body. My buddy said if I just work the shoulders out like no one will even notice the boobs. <laughs> It'll bounce itself out. <laughs> so most, most of the people listening to the show are fitness coaches. Don't don't blow up this guy's DMs, please. Just oh yeah. Right? Plan, bro. Yeah, you hear that cliff? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what are your fitness goals, bro? Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks for asking. Not, not my cliff, I can tell you that my fitness goals are not posting pictures on the internet of me and my underoos yeah that's, <laughs> that's what we're not doing like he, disap he disappeared for a little while and i was like i was about to like do a wellness check on you he was like i was sick bro and i was like i i didn't know what happened to you because i'm I, I mean I, I didn't want to say i missed the underoo pics but you know they kind of grow on you a little bit you know <laughs> no homo oh man no homo uh, not that not that you know never mind uh, I, I almost made a joke that homo I actually, sapiens oh yeah there's there's several different you know of the i stopped myself from making a joke last month and i'm very proud of myself for doing that well the so, filter you the did filter. Yeah, i did Good for yeah. you, man. That's a big personal growth moment. <laughs> it is. That is. All right. So, Sebastian, in in our in our circle where where we met, you are the podcast guy, and you know it's definitely something that we encourage people to do at some point. You know, as a as a fitness coach, we hold this like weird little realm of society where we tend to get put on a pedestal sometimes because. Everybody wants to talk about health and fitness, whether it's negative or positive. It's always a topic of conversation. And for a fitness coach to be good and successful, really, 
like you have to develop a personality and you have to develop a voice. Like unless you're working for some sports team somewhere, like you are the salesperson. So I want you to kind of dive into the mindset behind podcasts and kind of break things down because it's something that a lot of people fear. You know, people fear public speaking and they fear getting on a mic and talking as well, even though no one can see them. So if you can just start diving into that, like the mindset of the podcast, what what the tips, strategies are that you can really lend these coaches that are like, yeah, I know I need to do one, but, and then they just keep getting in their own way. Well, I think it comes down to where else does that show up in your life? Oh, I want to do this. I should be doing Tony Robbins talks a lot about people that should be doing this and should be doing that. You find yourself shooting all over yourself. So the first question you ask yourself is where else is this showing up in my life where there is, I just had this conversation literally on Monday. I met with a, met a friend for breakfast and, you know, I have this great idea and I've met these people. And I, and I said, how much longer can you go on and still have this idea stirring and not actually go and execute on it? How much longer will these relationships still be fresh and the opportunities still be lending themselves to you while you're sitting in here procrastinating. And then I followed up with hands down my favorite quote that, that I probably ever read. It was from Martin Luther Sr. And it read, how soon not now becomes never. And I never, and I always follow that up with a Nike quote, uh, the, the most famous one ever, just do it. But, but they've got to hit another billboard a few years ago that said, um, yesterday you said tomorrow. And when we think about our, our rate of, uh, of procrastination on a daily basis, it's 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 through the roof, and we all do it in one area or another. And I, there's got to be a reason why. There's a reason behind that procrastination. Either you're not supposed to be doing it, or you just suck at starting stuff, or it's just one area that there's not a strength in. I mean, that's why I've been able to develop a brand over the past seven years of being able to help get people to the finish line because people know they want to do something. They just don't know how to do it and they don't, they're not disciplined enough to do it on their own or they just don't want to go and figure it all out. So I think evaluating why you've been putting something off. And if you're if you're living this myth that there's too many fitness podcasts out there already, it's bullshit because you're who you are as a brand and your community is for you and your clients are for you and the content you're creating is for your community. So who gives three rips how many podcasts are out there? Now, to, to that same uh, opinion, you know, there are a lot of fitness and health and wellness podcasts out there. So what does it look like to create something that complements your fitness brand, your health and wellness brand? What does it look like to complement that? So let's just say you like to deep sea fish, but you're a personal trainer. And well, you know, you go fishing on the weekends and you talk about the catch and this and that and with hot spots and you've got a real captive audience there. And then people know that you're a personal trainer by, 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 by default, if, they, if they're a part of your community on here. So I'm, I'm a big advocate and fan for creating a podcast that complements your brand, that's not necessarily about what you do, but what can it do to complement what you're doing? I'll use an example. I, I have a one of the three shows that I host is called Web3 Sucks. And I host it live on Twitter Spaces. I was part of a, a Twitter Spaces. That's the clubhouse for Twitter, for those of you not familiar. It's only available on the app. Uh, but it's social audio. It's the era that we're in, we'll continue to be in, that you can just jump in a room and you can be part of a conversation, listen to a conversation. I think Clubhouse really steered up um, a, a lot of that becoming the norm on here. But long story short, I was part of Twitter's creator program for this earlier this year. And I thought, if I'm going to record 
uh, I was contracted to do two, uh, record two spaces a week. That's their, you know, rooms. And I thought, well, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to start a podcast. Um, but Web3 is being dominated. Twitter's being dominated by Web3. I mean, it went from like political hate mongering to Web3, NFTs, the metaverse, crypto, what's next. And there's a real community vibe there. It's like Twitter's a fun place to be again. So I thought, well, let's figure out this whole world. But let's go back to the number one rule I got. Sebastian, is it does it un, is it under the podcasting umbrella? It sure is because I'm a creator as part of my personal brand and a podcaster, but at the same time I'm creating content that's in turn going to be a podcast. So there we go. I'm able to achieve all of my objectives. Now, am I a web3 brand? Am I an NFT company? Am I a metaverse solutions? Absolutely not. I am a podcaster and creator and storyteller through and through, and I'll continue to, to, to stand by that because that's where my strengths are at. But I still have a podcast that pertains to Web3. I also host one for a media outlet called Grit Daily. They cover the world of startup and blockchain and Web3. And I'm not in that world. Startups and VCs and funding and exits. But I get to learn how this all works. But again, it's still under my umbrella, my one rule of does it pertain to podcasting? So I know that was a long-winded answer. But this is a long-winded answer that's needed when asked a question like this. And I'm asked constantly. I wrote an entire chapter uh, in my book book about you know commitment mindset the podcasting is a lot like life there's there, there's certain things that show up that, that 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 can get in the way if we allow them to the inner critics number one i'm gonna sound like shit look like shit nobody's gonna listen there's a ton of podcasts out there what am i gonna call it everyone thinks it's a shitty idea maybe i shouldn't start that inner critic is constantly going i spend a majority of the first few calls that we do with people creating the concept and strategy, making sure their mindset is exactly where it should be. And I've done a lot of that, thankfully with Apex, because people are a lot more open and have done a lot more work on themselves or continuing to, they're more open to the feedback. In fact, I had Taylor Feimster said to me at, at, at uh, MDM, Sebastian, you know, what you do has, a, has such a little, uh, just such a small amount to do with podcasting. And I thought, you know what? I am doing work that matters. I'm, this has become my life's work. And, I, and I, I say that in confidence because I wake up every day and I go, this is real life. I get to actually do this. But I think it's recognizing why you're putting something off and then realizing what can I do to create something meaningful that allows me to connect with other people. Forget about the downloads and forget about the sponsorships and all this other ancillary stuff that you'll probably never get to. And I'm not talking you down and saying you can't do something, but you know, in order to lock down large brand sponsorships for a podcast, you need to consistently be knocking down between 10 and 20,000 downloads a month. And in my opinion, you gotta constantly be selling yourself. It's, there's a better way. What can I do to create a, a platform that allows me to meet the people that I want to meet? And if we take it a step further, how can I create a platform to connect with people that I can sell something to, aka that can hire me to do something? And I've lived that for the past 12 years. I started my brand with absolutely nothing at all. I met Gary Vee in 2010. I had the internet and social media accounts and his book, Crush It. And then thankfully him becoming a mentor and really helping guide me on where I needed to go. And his very early days was very fortunate to me. And everybody was like, Gary who back in those days? But he said, you know, your personal brand in perpetuity is your reputation. And I never, ever forgot that. He goes, you know, so I go, so I just built a 
personal brand. I don't build a business. He goes, no, you build a business. But remember, people are investing in you as a personal brand. You can have a business, but what are your desires to be able to, you know, I said, I, I want to be a communicator. I want to speak. I want to write books. I want to be able to leverage my voice to make an impact and leave people different. Um, I didn't know it would end up in the world of podcasting, but, you know, here we are, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. That was fantastic. So, Mark, I'm sure he's got a gajillion things he's going to pick in and, and get you to dig in a little bit more. Here's where I want to dig in. That is absolutely genius what you just shared about the podcast, right? Most people make their podcast about the business, right? Because that's what they're thinking about versus, hey, yeah. making a platform that's serving this community, but that community is going to learn what you do and how you could help them. What I would like to ask you to share with our audience is what would be your best recommendation to help like a personal trainer, for example, in knowing how to identify and spot those blue ocean territories to say? I mean, you're, you're in a people business. So everywhere you're going, you're meeting people, you're shaking hands, kissing babies, meeting people, building new relationships. To be able to say, I'd love to have you come into the gym for a free workout versus I'd love to get you on the podcast and tell your story and get to know you better. Two completely different conversations. Mm. Because most people will avoid the gym like the plague, especially if you don't go. But they won't avoid the opportunity to have their ego stroked and get on a podcast and have a conversation with you. And when you're willing to go and do all that, you know, if I was a personal trainer and I had Mark's gym, I would make sure that my backdrop of my podcast was the gym. So when I'm connecting with the people that I want to get into the gym, they see the gym in the background and they can go, ah, maybe I want to check that place out. Or it's at least an opportunity for a conversation piece during that. Now, not saying that's going to be the sole driver of your business is be your podcast guest, but it can be a really consistent flow. I mean, pulling up within a, you know, two to three mile radius um, of, of your location or wherever you do business and being able to identify leaders and people that have interesting stories and are doing are up to some really cool things and reach out to them and connect with them because we can do that instantly these days, um, I, I think is, a, is an absolute no brainer to be able to say, you know, because there's always, and I, my experience has been with the fitness industry, you know, a lot of people do stay at the gym, you either, you know, you force a habit, you either got the same trainer in the same gym, or you like to mix it up, I like that orange theory, and then I run outside, and I triathlon, and then I'm back to the gym, and People like to mix it up because the gym and working out in general is miserable. It is not an enjoyable experience unless you're marked Then you know, it's, you know, quite the exception there, but I, it's not an enjoyable experience. So people like to mix it up. So there's gotta be an experience there. Mark, I know you're, you've really been able to coin that. Although I've never been in for a workout. I know what people say about you and I know what people say about their experience of you. And I know what your role is in the, in the apex community specifically. So I can speak out of turn uh, a, a little bit there but as far as if i was a personal trainer why would i want to start a podcast i would want to start a podcast so that i can connect with people and so that i have an access key to places that i wouldn't ordinarily have now mm. let's say the next best fitness expos coming up in uh in, in Las Vegas and every personal trainer uh, on the planet is planning to be there from all over the world. I'd be hitting this fitness expo up and saying, hey, listen, are you guys inviting press and media to come cover the event? Yes, I'm, I'm actually within the demographics of attendees, but I also have a podcast in which we interview people and tell stories about XYZ. And I'd love to have the opportunity to cover the event and do hallway conversations and capture content and highlight what's happening here and put you guys at the forefront here. All I need you to do is let me in the door. You're probably letting press and media in anyway. 
I mean, you got press and media hanging around your, your, your lanyard versus general admission. People are looking and thinking about you differently. Number one, number two, you've got different access, the speakers, the green room, the backstage. I've lived it all just by simply saying, can I come cover the event? Now I used to wear bow ties and show up everywhere with a camera. No one tells that guy no. That guy's always allowed <laughs> in, in, in the door. So I, I've really lived that. But when we think about where else can where else can this apply? Well, starting a podcast, great. I meet new people, great. I can I can make I can build new relationships with those people, and I can maybe convert them into business and 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 to clients. Maybe it's not business and clients. Maybe it's just other opportunities. Maybe it's a new friend. Maybe it's a new mate. What whatever the case may be, there's a world of opportunity available if you're open to just saying, okay, what can the concept be that will provide value? I mean, that word's so overused these days. How do I current something and provide value? It's value, massive value. But I think it's it's you becoming who you were designed to be and, cre and, and creating a platform that allows you to effectively communicate with other people that allow you to build relationships, provide value, create content. In fact, my most recent keynote is how to how starting a podcast can solve all of your social media content problems. And I really believe that through and through. So if we wanted another reason on why a fitness enthusiast or trainer or health and wellness uh, professional would want to start a podcast, what else is possible with the content from your podcast? So for example, we get done recording a podcast remotely. That's where 90% of podcasts are being recorded these days. It's just easier to do. You're provided with an archive of the audio that's turned, that's turned into a podcast episode and provided with the archived video that can be then chopped up into micro content and scheduled out on social media for Instagram reels and TikTok and your daily posts and the stuff that you should be doing anyway versus how many you know pounds you can deadlift. Like you're a trainer. We get it. You know how to handle weights. I don't think that demonstrating these things is of much use to people. I've never once looked at a trainer video and be like, hold on a second. Let me prop my phone up and try that move. Never. <laughs> it's just never happened at all. I think that's more of an ego stroke than anything. But when we think about, you know, what else is available outside just starting a podcast? Well, our content. I'm able to position myself as a media company, personal trainer that is a media company. That was one of the first things Gary taught me as well. And everyone was like, media company? Yeah, you have a YouTube channel, you're a media company. What's that mean? Well, you're creating content, you're putting it on the internet, and you're being compensated to do that. I now live that. I create YouTube videos, and YouTube sends me a check every month. That's mind-blowing to me in my opinion, but I go back to Gary's predictions 12 years ago, and he's very rarely wrong. He was exactly right. That was exactly the way things would continue to morph into where if we create content, we post it on the internet, we can monetize it in one form or fashion. That's not just, hey, I wanna sponsor this. I wanna put a banner ad on that. It's opportunities, it's brand deals, and especially within the world of fitness. I mean, there is, there is a, it's like health, wellness, beauty, fitness. Like those are the top, influencer categories like available the brands actually want to get after and go and work with i think the tide's changing drastically with that because there's a lot of you know i'm an influencer and you don't care about the brand you don't give a shit about the product and i just don't think there's any there's there's no integrity behind all that and you know based on how life just works the the, the the tide will go out. And I think it's going out right now. I think as influencer agencies become more of the norm, they're not just taking any individual that says they've got 100,000 followers and they can smile for a camera. I think they're really looking to, and, I, and I've tried to stay within that 
same line of thinking with all the brands that I evaluate with. I mean, I got a couple just absolutely non-negotiables. Like I won't do anything that's like risque and like, you know, I got a call one year for like porn Zotica and I'm like, not, I have a daughter. I'm like not going to a porn convention, <laughs> right? So, and that's like an extreme example on here, but I've always said, will I use them? And I, and I literally built my brand doing that, but this is before the influencer phase was really relevant. I would, you know, Ford would, you know, their new escape would drop and they would do an event locally here. And I'm like, Hey, have you ever thought about dropping a car off with me for a week? And then I would hit up, you know, I, I commented on a Perry Ellis post about their new spring collection. And I said, well, I hope there's bow ties included. And Two weeks later, I had a knock on my door from FedEx with six bow ties from the new spring collection with a handwritten thank you note. And then I had a living room full of vitamin water because I did an event with vitamin water down here and in Miami. And next thing I know, the rep was sending me vitamin water and, and, and coconut water. So I found myself and I always joked that I was driving a Ford Escape, wearing a Perriel's bow tie, drinking vitamin water and handing out coconut water, uh, you know, to my friends and, 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 and colleagues because that's where I saw things were going. Well, that was right, because now the world is is being influenced by people's opinion on what they're doing. But specifically with this world of, of personal trainers and in the fitness world on here, finding, carving your path out, not just drinking that protein shake because the check matches up to it. Drinking that protein shake, but like I'm sold out on orgain protein. That is my protein. I love it. It's plant-based. It tastes fantastic. It doesn't have a lot of sugar in it. If orgain called me tomorrow, I would tell him I'll ride my Peloton and drink protein all day long. Like I believe in that brand on, on what it's doing, but at the same time, there's not always, I'm not just, you know, if I can't align myself. So if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking, well, I've done some brand stuff and I've thought about it. And I just, if you're doing it just for the money, stop doing it, F find out what's available for you to be able to really align yourself and stay in, t in integrity with being able to say, hey, listen, I truly believe with everything I've got in this brand product or service on here and then take it on. That again, can be a huge component of your podcast, new relationships, leveraging relationships. Brands are craving true, transparent, authentic um, content from individuals that truly believe in what they do. Mm. This fool's giving y'all the game right here. Right? This, this is- Think I'm new? <laughs> not, only it, not only is it insightful, but it's it's outside of the box of the realm of what most coaches will ever do. And, you know, John and I talk about it frequently. And Sebastian, I'm sure you see it in every business. Like it takes so little to separate yourself from everyone else right now, because most people just won't even show up, number one. And then if they do show up, they won't do what they said they're going to do. So now you already got two things. Just show up and do what you said you're going to do. And you're going to be ahead of about 95 percent of the people. <laughs> But for the people trying to get that edge and really excel in whatever it is, like these, these things, you know, a media company, like working an expo, because there's some big ass fitness expos, like here in Dallas, we have the Europa and it's humongous. Like it's a three day event and, and everything, you know, bodybuilding and CrossFit and strongman. And like the, like you said that, that access, I mean, that's fucking genius, man. If one of y'all don't hit up a bow tie and take a camera and go do some shit. Like yeah, dollars. definitely do the speedo with the bow tie. Don't forget all your tanning and what whatever that shit that makes you shiny. Definitely hit that up with just the bow tie. You'll be borderline chip Chippendale, but um, yeah, it'll like get that. you in the door. Somebody's going to have a full book of business is all I know after that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, something, something you said before, too, that I that I do want to highlight. And I don't remember where the quote comes from, but like to be good at something, you got to suck at it first. Mm. Sure. Yeah. Like that's a given. And, and we all historically know that you look at anything in life that you're good at right now, and you probably sucked at it at one time. 
so even though people know that, and even though fitness people know it well, because we know in the gym, you don't take somebody in the gym and have them do a complicated move. You always start with foundational work and you build them up from there. Like, what's your advice to somebody who's like, well, I know, but, and they're still just fucking stuck in their head of like, what are people going to say? What if I stutter? What if I pull a Joe Biden and just totally, you know, you know, like, what do you say to that person? Just fucking, you know, I just want to say fucking just do it. But sometimes that's not the right approach. <laughs> I, I, I take the other approach and I go, you know, you know, what, Mark, just don't do it. Maybe podcasting's not for you. Just don't do it. You're not already, you're already not doing it. So just stop. Just don't even get another thought. Maybe it's not, it's not for, the program is not for everyone. It's just not, I'll never forget that. It was one of the first, it was like 2011 or 2012, shortly after meeting Gary. And I was like, this is getting crazy. I was like year two and it was getting crazy. And I'm like, I just want to give up. And he responds back, do it. I'll never forget that email. <laughs> do it. And I was like, fuck that. I'm not doing that. I'm not giving up, you know? Um, but I think that this, if you're this, uh, you know, analysis paralysis of this overanalyzation of what you should be doing, listen, do, you don't have to do anything, okay? We get to do it. We get the opportunity to serve people at our highest capacity based on what we choose to do, based on what opportunities we decide, whatever comes across our plate. When, some, when opportunity knocks, if you open the door, great. If you don't, well, that's, that's, that's completely on you. But you know what doesn't go away? Regret. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. Like there's nothing worse than regret. Regret is forever. And thinking about this whole idea of the things that I should be doing, I'm not a big reader. I've written two books. That blows my mind in and of itself. I force myself to read now. But I told myself, you know, Sebastian, who's missing out because you're not showing up? Because you can't sit down and discipline yourself enough to actually write a book. And it was really from my first book book deal I got was to, I, I, I literally had to talk. Like I was interviewed for eight hours. I mean, how hard is that? Uh, the second was a little more challenging because I didn't go that route. I, I actually I wrote it on my own, um, way easier than, than a publishing route. But um, the reason I did it was because it's this isn't about me. I was gifted with this opportunity to know more than the average person about this whole world of what we're doing of as far as storytelling and this digital world. And for, for me specifically with podcasting, I am grossly negligent to not step up to the plate and put as much info as possible out for free. What's the what's the saying or the what the, the like the, the the strategy is is give it all away, and the ones that want to hire you, that's what you'll convert into business. I've, that's not the exact term of where it was all at, but I've got an entire YouTube channel, an entire library of anything you could ever possibly imagine about starting a podcast, and it's my it's my hardest piece of content that I create. But I've been able to at least cross the threshold of becoming a YouTube creator figuring out YouTube and doing it right, and then actually getting paid from YouTube based on what I'm doing. But taking a step further, I get phone calls. Hey, I just binge watched your whole channel. Wait a second, you're the guy from the video? I need, I need your help. And they hire me on the spot. And there's not a better feeling than that. They don't know me, they don't know anything about me, but it's like that celebrity famous association that we make. We feel like we know Ryan Seacrest because we've watched American Idol for 20 years, right? Or if that's the best example, but I mean, you know, that's it's uh, it is for me. He's my hero. <laughs> I just I just said that publicly. That he doesn't fuck up, except no, for when he high fived the blind guy that one time on Idol. 
<laughs> oh, other, he did. He did do that. Other than that, the guy I was talking to a, to a, to a producer uh, last week, and I said, "Have you ever worked with Seacrest?" Which is actually I have, and he was an absolute pleasure to work with. And his he's a brilliant businessman. I'm like, yeah, and he runs Hollywood, and he's replaced the greats. You think about it, Dick Clark, uh, uh, near New Year's Eve, Casey Kasem, top forty on a weekly basis, syndicated yeah. all across. So I've really been able to, you know, I've really modeled that traditional media. He's he mastered traditional media and absolutely blowing up an, an incredible career. Um, and I'm like, well, here we are in the new frontier. What does it look like to become, you know, the next Sebastian Rusk? Um, as far as I can say, I don't know how we went down the Seacrest rabbit hole, but here we are, ladies and gentlemen. Um, well, and, and again, if you're a coach, and I, I hope you picked up on all this, because what Sebastian's talking about here is, you put your shit out there, you show people who you are, you do that consistently, and quote unquote, magically, the right people show up and want to do business with you. Right. Imagine that. Yeah. Strange how that works. But you right. got to find something that's correct. But you got to, like, it's, it's you know, the three, you know, I, the, the, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like the three most popular job titles, I would say, like low barrier to entry, anybody can really figure it all out and get is, social media manager, personal trainer, and realtor. Those aren't bad jobs. I know incredible people in those spaces as well. I'm just saying you could start tomorrow when I say low, 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 low barrier to entry. So along with that means a lot of fucking people, like a lot. There's a lot of people doing that. There's a lot of realtors. There's a lot of personal trainers. You can't swing a dead cat without finding a social media manager. There's a lot of people out there. And the reason I'm saying all this is not to back. I was a social media manager in my early days. I wash your car, watch your kids on the weekend if you needed me to. <laughs> so, but I, so, and I get, but my point is there's a lot of people within that industry. You, you must, you absolutely must figure out a way to stand out from the crowd. And I started on social media in 2006, turned it into a business in 2010. And that was still telling people they need Facebook for their business. They were looking oh. at me like I had 10, he 10 heads uh -huh. and boogers. So I thought I've got to stand out. And I read that quote, I think it was Steve Martin. It said, be so good they can't forget you or something that pertained to that. And I thought, huh, wait a second. And when those bow ties showed up from Perry Ellis and I was like, is this like what just happened right now? Someone knocked on my like and in like a like a year after that, um, I was at Gary's book signing. We had the opportunity to meet um, in 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 person, right here in my. In fact, I had lunch there today at the bookstore. It's called Books and Books, and um, I had, I was in touch with his team, and I learned early on that you connect. And nobody knew who he was, so it wasn't as difficult. But he was still a busy guy. I I, I learned early on connect with his team. Who's in his camp? Who's in his circle? So I connected with his assistant at the time who now runs his VC firm, which is bananas to me, but um, uh, the, the loyalty factor is real with Gary. Um, but when, when we'd first connected, he was doing his book signing here. And um, I was, I was doing like, like flip cam, remember flip cams. Um, I was doing like flip cam interviews, like in the hallway, like I could just figure it all out. This is before like selfies and cell phones were, you know, HD and 4k and all that stuff. And um, they called me back like the, the Friday before the book signing was on a Tuesday. And um they're like, yeah, he said, he'll do it. No problem. Just meet him. He'll just meet him. Just meet him at the bookstore. I'm like that. That's it. He's like, yeah. So the phone rings that, that, like that same day or the day after from a film production company. And they were like, Hey, Sebastian, we've seen your stuff. We'd love to work with you. And I'm like, I've seen my stuff in early, early days. It's kind of like, what do you mean? My stuff? He's like, yeah, man, social buzz. This sound, that was my, my previous company. And I said, uh, they said, we'd love to work with you. And I said, well, what are you guys doing Tuesday night? And they're like, we're open. 
I'm like, oh, I got a book signing with a guy named Gary Vaynerchuk at a, at a, at a uh, bookstore in Coral Gables called Books and Books. They're like, no kidding. We just did Russell Simmons book signing there last month. We'd love to work with you. So uh, showing up, asking questions, getting around the right people, not necessarily the person you're going to. Obviously, I had a great relationship with Gary, but he was a busy guy even back then. It's impossible to reach him now. Literally, the only time I see him is if we're in an event together um, because it's, it's gotten that crazy. But the early days were even crazier. So if you're looking to make connections with brands, individuals, people, get people on your podcast, try to gravitate towards, number one, the content factor. How can you serve them based on what they're already doing? Where are they going to be and how can I show up and serve them? And then number two, are you creating content and showing up enough for others to notice you? Cause I didn't know that phone call was going to come in. I thought I was going to be doing flip cam in the hallway. I, I have a full blown like lights, camera action, the whole program on here. Um, in fact, I just downloaded that interview today because I was going to post an apex this morning, but I had already done it. So it will be my post for tomorrow. Your first episode will suck. And it totally will. Your podcast episode, your video, everyone's does. I had, I had this conversation with my good friend, John Lee Dumas, who's like the godfather of podcasting in my space. The guy's a, a, a dear friend and just, he's done 25 million in the past eight years in, with podcasting. The guy's an absolute beast. And we had this conversation uh, when his most recent book came out. And he said, um, you know, doesn't, he was, didn't your book just come out? Podcasts suck. And I go, yeah, well, speaking of that, your first episode is going to suck. I somehow pulled up iTunes today and my very first episode from nine years ago popped up and my ears were bleeding, listening to me. <laughs> and I never forgot that. So like in this interview, I used to wear like these Poindexter glasses. Like I was cool and everything, not realizing there's glare and you can't even see me. And I tilted my head and I used filler words like as well and awesome. And I shook my head and it's just a terrible interview. Um, but, um, you know, we've done some growing over the past 12 years. I'm going to, and I'm ready to post it and say, Hey, listen, but the, the goal is to be able to say, Hey, here's where I used to be. And here's where I'm at now. Not to brag to say, I recognize it because I, I, I made a commitment to myself that I was going to perfect my craft as much as I possibly could do. And it took hours upon hours of studying Seacrest and rewinding and going back and looking at how does he take the stage and how does he hold his cue cards and how does he interview people and who's he looking at and how does he hold a microphone? Huge thing. You think people would know how to hold a microphone? They do not at all. So these little <laughs> distinctions were so very important from having a right hand in my pocket when you're, it's called anchoring the stage when you're on a stage versus you ever see speakers and they're like, ding, ding, ding. you're like, dude, can you just slow down and talk? It's nerves. It's nervous energy that you don't know how to get out. So you're like, ding, 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 ding. that's the worst thing you could possibly do while being on stage. A lot of people like to talk behind a podium. That's the worst thing ever. I get it that the, the, the president and politicians do it. And you may be a local chamber on here, but when you separate yourself from the audience with something like a barricade, like a, like a podium, you're literally separating the energy that you can receive from the audience and what you can reciprocate too. Same thing with people putting their hands together. This whole, like, unless you're landing a point, your, your fingers and hands should never be together. Fitness enthusiasts, where you're creating content, remember all these tips because they still all relate. Even though it's not a stage, it's an online stage when you're creating content. It's all important to that. But I don't know how we got down this rabbit hole, but I, I still, but I do believe that these are all very important factors when understanding the journey of becoming a creator, because that's what we all are. We're creators and we're creating different things. We're telling different stories, but make sure that it's your own. That's what it was. That's where we started with the bow ties. I thought I have to be different. And I put on a bow tie one day, all tied wrong. And I said, you know what? 
I think I can go out in public like this and people <laughs> will, will take me seriously. <laughs> and, um, and then from there, my MC career and hosting career really started to take off and I was able to land some really big stages. And I shit you not, I would have to put it in my contract that I would have a bow tie on. <laughs> and I, I vowed to myself, if I ever get out of this, I'm never wearing another bow tie because it's, it's not a comfortable get up especially when you're running around on stage for three days straight on here so i don't MC events anymore every now and then a friend will reach out and i'll do a favor but we're rocking jordan's the podcast suck t-shirt and maybe a blazer maybe if i want to get fancy fancy i love it uh see this is what we call a good interview because all i gotta do is ask a question you just talk for a long time it's awesome i mean that's what the way it should be 80 yeah. 20 yeah, too many podcasts true. talking over their guests. Mm. 80, 80, 20 rule. 20% of the interview is being led by the host. It's your job to ask questions and expand on those. And then I learned that from the great Larry King. I mean, how many incredible interviews did he do over his career uh, and his life? And uh, he was incredible at just sitting at that microphone with his suspenders, with his hand underneath the cheek. And he would always dig in to the answers that his guests would give him but he would never go and start sharing what his experience was based on the answer that his guest gave, which happens a lot. So if you're listening to this and this is you, I'm talking to you. Yes, you. Stop doing that. I, I hope y'all are taking notes. And if you're not taking notes, go back and listen and take some more notes. Yeah. Uh, that's just fucking gold left and right. Um, dude, this is awesome. So before we, before we wrap up, I have a few fun questions for you. Okay. Again, fun for me. Uh, I hope they'll be fun for you. We don't know. We never know. You know, sometimes they are, sometimes they're not, but it's fun for me regardless. Who haven't you interviewed that's on your dream list to interview? Seacrest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do a deal with that guy. I'm telling you, I've said that from the get-go. I'm doing a deal with that guy. I don't know how, where, and I'd like to think if I ran into the guy, we'd have a lot in common, a lot to chat about. Radio guy. I'm not a radio guy. I'm a podcaster. Um, but uh, yeah, Seacrest is on the top of the list. Just a, the many, many layers to get to uh, King Seacrest. That's a, that's a good one. John, you know my answer. Um, <laughs> still the same. You are, Sebastian, you are what, what the PC people would call follically challenged. Um, if you could have hair again, would you? Don't lie, I don't Sebastian. Don't I don't think lie. so. Don't I, lie. Know, it's, it's less work. Bullshit. It's, it's, it's less work. But then, <laughs> but then you know. Bullshit. But then I have, I, have guy, I have buddies that have just great hair. You're telling me that if you could pick any haircut in the fucking world, you wouldn't take that? You're going to take shaving every day? Um, and well, I'm bald, by the way, if y'all don't know. So this, we're going to have a fun little conversation. I, you know, I, it's a lot of work. I just, you know, doing hair, it's one less thing to do every day. It's kind of like my wardrobe. I just have to decide what Jordans I'm wearing. It's not really what pants, but hair. I don't, it's, it's one. I mean, that's why I do have hair. Like I could grow it out, but you know, the receding hairlines like right here and denial is not just a river in Egypt. Okay. That's it. So I'm, I'm so, talking about any haircut in the world, <laughs> like any haircut, like Ryan Seacrest hair. Like it be Ryan. It yeah, could be Seacrest anyone. has great hair. Yeah. He like, definitely come has on, man. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I guess I would grow hair. Like what kind of hair would I grow? I don't know. Um, maybe a mullet, a little Joe dirt. <laughs> I'll be Those honest. My, me and my wife talk about this periodically, and uh, she knows that it's a fact in this house that if I could have hair again, but it was in the form of a mullet, I'd take it every day and I'd make it great again. <laughs> I think you, I think you should get a you should have a uh, you should have a mohawk. You should talk to Stuman's guy. He's got a guy for hair. See, man, yeah, 
Spinoza, he, he hooks it up. That's a different conversation, man. Taking butt like, hair he's, and putting it on your head. He was like, that. <laughs> 10 hours, I got new hair. I was like, that's commitment. Like, this guy really wanted hair back. Like, that's commitment right time. there. That's a long session. That's a lot. Wowza. All right, Sebastian, last question. If you could have a billboard with any message for everyone to see, what would you want on the billboard? Do the work. Mm, I like that. Heal, heal yourself, do the work. And I'm talking the internal work. I'm not talking about the business work and real all work. this other stuff that just doesn't matter. I'm talking about being able to go in and heal past trauma and take full accountability for your life. It is your responsibility as a human being to do that. And I've been on this path for the past eight years of being able to go in and, and really heal past trauma in my life and, and, and take full accountability for myself. And the pro the direct product of that was that I had the opportunity to love myself. And when I love myself, I show up better for myself. And when I show up better for myself, I serve the world better. But the most beautiful thing about doing the internal work and really healing is that others around us, the ones that we care about and love dearly, shift without us having to do anything and perfect strangers start to do that as well and what a beautiful thing to be able to contribute to this thing called life than being able to see people that you never thought were going to shift or turn the corner be able to do that because you made a conscious decision to stop making excuses to stop blaming people and to take full accountability for your life and realize that everything is your fault bam mic drop right there sebastian tell the people where they can follow you, learn more about your stuff. I know you got you got freebies out there, you got paid bees out there. Like tell tell the people where they can uh, interact with you more. Yeah, absolutely. You can find me. I spend most of my time on LinkedIn uh, and on uh, on Instagram too. You can slide into the DMs, questions, thoughts, ideas, concerns about podcasting. I'd be more than happy to do my best to answer those questions. Uh, we've got a full uh, full service agency and studio here in Miami that I'm really proud of. We've been building for the past seven years. It helps individuals go from idea to iTunes in 90 days or less by starting a podcast with our proven podcast launch solution and then our ongoing podcast incubator where we help you produce your show ongoing. So if you want to find out if maybe you're a fit for that, love to have a conversation with you. You can go to podcast launch lab now, podcast launch lab now.com. That's a link right to my calendar. Uh, I'd be happy to explore what's possible. And if not, pick up a copy of my book. And if you read it and actually do what it says, you're going to have everything you need in order to start a podcast. And my YouTube channel is not far behind that as far as resources. Uh, it, it's just entirely up to you. It's a matter of it's a decision that, hey, I'm going to years ago when the iPhone was invented, what was it, 20 plus years ago? It, it feels like. It, when if I have came to you 50 years ago and said, I'm going to create a handheld computer that you're going to be able to make phone calls from and call anybody anywhere in the world on it, you'd be like, let's get this guy checked into the flight deck immediately. <laughs> but Steve Jobs says, I'm going to invent the iPhone because I said I was going to do it. And when you say you're going to do it and you're confident in what you're doing and you actually do it, incredible things happen. So be encouraged, everybody. And gentlemen, I appreciate you having me on. It was my pleasure. I know we almost rescheduled here, but uh, in Apex, we do the work, y'all. That was fantastic, Sebastian. Thank you so much for your time, for your knowledge, for your entertainment. Uh, this, this was great. Really appreciate you having on. If you're listening to this, go follow this guy. Take advantage of his content. It's fantastic stuff. Obviously, you can tell he's high energy. And uh, I know he pours that into everything he does. Jonathan, tell the people what they need to do. Be like Sebastian Rust. Go out there. Get what you're fucking worth. Let's go. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you found value and entertainment. 
in our content. Listen, we love helping fit pros get paid with their worth, and we have something we would love for you to take advantage of. Absolutely. So go to fitprocollective.com forward slash bootcamp to download our free business bootcamp on taking your training business online. This is no BS sales pitch. This is actual strategies that you can implement right now to move your business forward. Finally, again, if you liked what you heard, please subscribe and review. Let us know what you think. Thanks again for listening to Real Talk with Real Fit Pros, where we help fit pros what? Get what they're worth. Yay.